Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. This is part one of a two-parter where we get to interview the founder of an incredible L.A. startup based in downtown L.A., revolutionizing how we interact and know our connections on Instagram. Sometimes it's like, okay, I have to teach you about digital marketing right now. I have to teach you about like how to do PR. Like sometimes you need to learn that first. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Today's Women in Tech community shout out goes to Kayla. Hello, Kayla. Thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the Women in Tech podcast. Kayla is a PR consultant as well as a Reiki practitioner, putting out amazing energy into the universe. Thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the Women in Tech podcast. Be sure to say hello to Kayla on Instagram at K-A-I-L-A underscore P-R-Z-Y-M-U-S. Tell her you found her via Women in Tech. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I think the most compassionate thing that we could do as business owners and as friends and just as human beings is to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and kind of take a step back out of our own ego and explore how maybe the person we're interacting with sees the world, whether it be a customer, a family member, someone close to us, so that we could have an appreciation for their perspective and open our minds in order to become better communicators, more understanding, and find resolution in whatever the conflict is at a faster, warmer, and more accelerated rate. Kind of already said faster, didn't I? Don't mind me. It's 4 a.m. getting in my personal spots, wanting to make sure my team has everything that they need so we could get these episodes out on time. And with that, enjoy the next episode. Bye. <laughs> you are not I kidding. I butchered your name. You say Puno, 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 yeah, Puno right? Puno. Did you? You said Pono. I said Pono. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do that again. Maybe it's gonna be Welcome, Puno. Now Thank I feel you. Like I'm pronouncing the U too deeply. <laughs> 
It's like poop, like Puno. Puno. <laughs> Is that your yeah. real first name, by the way? No, my real first name was Jennifer because 1984. And then I was like, you know what? I don't identify with her. And so I changed my first name to be my last name. It's Puno, first name, last name, Puno, both Puno. So it's two Punos. You Wait, gotta so have a- your name that you were born with was Jennifer Puno. Yes. And now you're Puno Puno. Yes. Doubling it down. You can also call me Puno Dose, uh, Puno Squared, uh, <laughs> Double Tree, because Puno in Filipino is tree. So Double I Tree. I love it. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a really good point, actually. And before we jump into the conversation with you, which I'm so excited for, you are just an extraordinary woman in tech. I want to actually dive into the concept of we do have the power to create our own identity. It's something I've done for myself as well. And you're sharing how you did it with your name. Let's talk about that just for like a heartbeat, because I think it's important because sometimes we feel like we just have to be what the world has given us rather than create the world that we want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like Maybe it has to, a lot to do with where I grew up and I'm, I'm half Filipino, half Korean. I, I grew up in Texas. I feel like I never really fit in anywhere in a, in a sense, but I felt like I felt I never was like bullied, fortunately. But ever since like, you know, the beginning of time, I'm always trying to define who I am. And I think it wasn't until I quit my job that I was like, and this is when Instagram came out, that I was really thinking about like, well, who am I? And like, I like to be creative. I like to design. I like to like visually show my perspective. And so I I was just always very curious about playing with that. And I think when you do it publicly, it becomes a brand. That's basically what happens. Oh, completely. Yeah. I think it's a fear people have, which is why I'm asking, do you think if you create a brand for yourself. Okay, I'm going to call out my friend, Schwan, who's not going to listen to the women in podcast. Sorry, I'm worried, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk. I'll tell, I'll tell him that I was ha- talking about him. So Schwan is now phenomenal on TikTok. He's like, just has an Im- amazing results on TikTok and he's transitioning into being like a one, a thought leader in TikTok. However, Schwan in college <laughs> was, was- different than (laughs) professional he is today so he's been like a spree do you think i should delete my tweets like should i read he just changed his username like to like take out the underscores and all this he's going through like a rebranding the reason why i bring this up is he was afraid of like what he's posted before does he think he should delete his past in order to recreate like what's new what do you think about that like if we choose an identity that no longer suits us later on, are we going to be locked into our past? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I straight up deleted my Zanga because there is a <laughs> lot of crap on there from college that I'm all like, oh, hell no, that is not surfacing. Not allowed. Also, you know, I think that's going to be like, okay, think about this. When we were taking photos, when it was what, 2006, 2007, the picture was 300 by 400 pixels like they're gonna disappear (laughs) (laughs) 
the resolution's gonna be incredible. So eventually, yeah. I mean, it sucks right now because we have to live with them, but I delete things that I'm just like, oh no, that is not me anymore. And then there's some things that I'm proud of because it shows you know, that I came from the same place. And I was also doing the same thing. Like I have a, an Instagram course where I go back to my first post ever on Instagram. And it's like two loaves of sourdough bread, a parrot, and then like a coffee cup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, that was who I was at that time. <laughs> now it's totally different. I am just more comfortable I'm just way more comfortable about being myself. And I remember when I first kind of decided that I wanted to train myself to be more comfortable. I told my Mm. friend, I was like, this was like 2013 when Instagram had just come out. And I was like, girl, I am so tired of like always doing goofy face. I'm like, I'm a cute girl. Like, I want to own this. Like, I'm almost 30. I want to be like, I want to like own it. And so we went out in Venice and like just took pictures of each other and like gave each other a note. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for it. And I was just like, dude, this is hard. I am a professional now. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, dude. It's really hard. And I think nowadays, like back then I was trying to emulate something I, you know, I see in photos Now I'm just trying to be myself as much as possible because it's really hard. Like even when you read something, you know, you're just like, why do I sound like a robot? And you're just like, how do I just be myself more on all of these things? Totally. You know, talking about this reminded me of I did do a very big rebrand. So I built the first action sports social network. I think that's how we knew each other when I was in the action sports space. And when we were offline, you guys, we were talking about, we think we crossed paths in the past. And so I built the first action sports social network. And this was before there was like social networking. It was like when Tom with MySpace was figuring it out and Mark was figuring it out with Facebook and there was Friendster like, and Friendster was like boss at the time, right? And so I started sharing what I was doing with action sports brands. I was one of the first people to discover Twitter, one of the first people to discover YouTube. And so social media strategy was not a thing. I was creating stuff and then sharing that stuff. And then people started to ask me for social media's business strategy. And I was like, well, that's cool. I know about all that. So I started to share that information. And then what happened, and you guys may remember this, everybody listening, like there used to be all these videos about being like a social media guru or like expert and how everybody's a social media guru. When the social media industry was created. Like I was doing that stuff before there was any industry about it. And so like, (laughs) so when the industry was created, I was like, I just don't think the world needs another social media expert. (laughs) And I wanted to rebrand. I was like, it made me cringe to say like, I worked in social media or uh, did social. I didn't want to give talks on social media's business. I didn't want to have clients for social media anymore. Mm -hmm. I just completely wanted to disassociate from the word social media. And so I did. And then I started to change everything. And so that was a big rebrand. But I'm proud of my past. I'm proud of what I did then. It's just not what I'm interested in for others now. Like, I don't want to be hired as a social media consultant. I feel you. I think the reason why, because of PeopleMap, right? 
People Map is an Instagram marketing tool. And because of that, I get invited to be an expert for social media. Where it's cringy and where I hate it is when it's more about ego and not about connection. Mm. And that's Amen. when I'm just like, I don't like, for example, I was doing a talk once and no, it was a workshop at General Assembly and it was freaking like four hours long. And at the end, this guy raises his hand and he's all like, so that's great and all, but like, how do I go viral tomorrow? Because I have to launch tomorrow and I need to be viral. <laughs> and I was like, everybody in the class turned around and was just like, yo, dude, like what? And I straight up was like, dude, if you want a refund, I will give you a refund. I don't know why you were not listening for the past four hours. I don't do it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, like no, totally. I, you know, and it's like that I think is the most frustrating thing because it's a great, powerful platform where I, I have had so many opportunities because of it, but ego gets in the way and it gets confused with what you value and what you care about. I don't think it, like people want to be evil or want to be ego selfish and egotistical. I think they just want things for themselves to be better. They want their lives to be better, but they feel that the path to do that is to have fame, is to grow quickly. And that is the part that it's very, it's very frustrating and it looks gross. Okay. So there's one more thing I'll say about this just because I think it's so helpful to everybody, but I think it's a perfect transition into getting into your formal intro. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> but the one thing I want to share, there's this guy on Twitter right now. I'm going to butcher his name as well. Daniel Vasalo or Vasalio or something like that. Uh, we'll include it in the show notes so you can check him out. He worked at, I believe it was Amazon, making 500000 a year and decided he's going to leave that life because he really wanted freedom of time. He was like, I can't picture having this life in the future. He already had a wife and kids. And he's like, I want to create a new life for myself. And he had no social following whatsoever. He didn't know how to create a social following. Being a social media influencer was never his jam. He's like a, a, a nerd behind the scenes at Amazon, you know? So he started to just study, like, how do I start to build like a following on, on Twitter? And very interesting. He's built a very strong following of about I think it's just over 30,000 organic people, very meaningful engagement. You could see the difference. Like when he tweets something within a few hours, he has like three to 500 likes or something like that, which is extraordinary. And I actually did study his uh, course after like paying attention to him. And one of my friends recommended that's how I discovered him. And in his course, one of my favorite things was he compares his profile and not in a cocky way and in just a very like evident way. He compares his profile to like Tim Ferriss and other people who are like very obvious thought leaders. And he's like, here's the thing I can't understand. And the thing that I find really interesting. And he's like, he's like, why is it that I have better engagement than like Tim Ferriss? <laughs> and he goes through all these like obvious thought leader profiles and shows how his engagement is so much higher. And then he talks about the theories of like what he's doing differently to potentially like lend itself to that result. And again, like back to what you're saying, Puno, it's about authentic connection. It's not about going viral. It's about how do I deliver the most authentic connection and be connective as a person. You're just going to have more fun with the platform if you do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into your 
your formal <laughs> introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm a I'm a slashy. I am a high level slashy, or some people <laughs> like to call it multi hyphenate. Whatever. I mean, I am a proud Jill of all trades, master of most digital things. <laughs> I am the founder of I Love Creatives, which has been around since 2015-ish. And it started off as like a Craigslist for creative people because I was starting to meet all these new amazing people through social, through also quitting my job and having more time. And then just recently, 2018, decided to pivot to edutainment And so since then, that's kind of been, it's been a wild ride, even though it's only 2018, but uh, it's been incredibly fulfilling for me. And I had a lot of hangups. I had a lot of hangups about calling myself a teacher and about calling myself an online teacher too. But now with Corona, it's been really interesting to see, you know, the playing field level with colleges now going online people being at home and wanting to skill stack and just seeing where they value their education and what do they look for. And I think I really believe in online education. I believe in the democracy of education. So I'm really excited to see more people and more teachers to learn how to educate online really well versus just like passive income. So I'm excited about that. So that's I Love Creatives. And then People Map is an Instagram marketing tool. It grew because... We created this tool ourselves when we were trying to grow our travel app. And we basically built it because, I mean, we were stalking people on Instagram in a good way, you know, how marketing wise. <laughs> and, and when we were You doing, wanted to see who you wanted to be friends with. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, at that time, it, I didn't even think of calling it this, but at that time we were doing micro influencer campaigns. So... And that's what we were looking for. And so Daniel, my husband, he's a full stack programmer. He built it out for me because I was just doing all the marketing myself. Uh, I needed a way to kind of just amp it up a little bit. The tools that existed at the time were like $1,500, $5,000 a month. And I was like, what? (laughs) So it was either that or spreadsheets. So we just decided to build it. And later after a year, kind of wanted to just pivot our businesses in general and ended up being like, okay, let's, well, actually it was one of my really good friends, Chelsea, who owns another, which is an agency in LA was just like, I want to use it. And so we're like, okay, we'll make people map for you, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. uh, So then we built it out and it's been around since since then, I'm primarily focused on I Love Creatives, and Daniel uh, is focused on People Map. And I, not related to this podcast, somehow became a customer of People Map. I think I have engaged with your husband and from a customer support place, trying to like figure it out. And it's surprisingly dope. I say surprisingly because I want to ask who your target audience is as a customer because I don't think it's actually me because I had a huge learning curve in figuring out like, like as an indie startup creator, like 
where does this fit in my world? Like, why is this important to me? Why should I be using this? Like, how should I be using this? And you're so great with the educational front. You actually create a ton of resources to learn from. But it did take a while. And I think I'm still learning. But once I got to understand the reporting feature, which I did not understand, that was only like a week and a half ago. I'm like, (laughs) what? Wait, hold on. And then I had like a conference call with my team. I was like, you guys need to check this out. Like, <laughs> I, had, like, I had no idea. And now I'm all like, oh, shit. Like people map is powerful AF. But like, yeah. I had no idea. And I still think I only know probably a quarter of its power because I don't understand. Because you have to learn digital marketing you know, as well? That is a great question. I mean, when we first built it, it was an internal tool that we built based on processes that we made up because Instagram was being made up at the time. So fortunately, everybody kind of does it this way. I have a very specific way that I'd like to find influencers, find communities, find brands to network with. But everybody does it. It just, it's like a different, one, it's a different UI and two, it's a different way to track it and a way to see the stats and the ROI of things. But yeah, I think that's the hard part about PeopleMap is that there's strategy that we can't teach you because it's very specific to you and Mm -hmm. your industry. Yeah, yeah. But it's flexible in that compared to other tools and that you can just start anywhere. Like a lot of people are like, man, I really just wish I could search for coffee shops in LA and then it'll just give me a beautiful list of coffee shops in LA. And I'm like, you can go buy one of those lists and it'll cost you $1,500, $2,000 a month. And I guarantee you will not get what you want because they have to categorize that. Somebody has to categorize that. And we do it a different way. We're like, what are all the like-minded people that are following each other following or commenting or engaging with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let me give you guys an example. And this is like a completely unsponsored commercial spot. (laughs) But I am so, so you all know that I love tools. Like I love software. So this is very on brand for me to geek out like about people map. And I want to get into like your, what you talked about teaching and what you're doing in the creative education space, but just to have an understanding, because I think everybody like not using people map is for Instagram is specifically missing out. And then I also would love, Puno, if you talked about who the target market actually is, but here's why I think you're missing out. So I do a lot with the Los Angeles tech community. For example, with PeopleMap, I was able to go to one of the investors' profiles that I know is really prominent in Los Angeles. I was able to see who's commenting on those investors' comments. I was able to find the influencers within the comments. So the investor themselves is not an influencer, but I know anybody interested in that investor is interested in them for a very specific reason. And so then from that, I was able to find the influencers, find what they're interested in, find who they're connected to, and I'm able to more authentically engage and build community from it. And there's so many other things. I'm able to see like how I'm doing from a value standpoint, week after week, month after month. I'm able to see how the We Are LA Tech podcast is doing, how the Women in Tech podcast is doing, how my personal account is doing. It's very 
vital insights and saves so much time. Another thing is we used to search for, let's say, women in tech hashtag. We would search women in tech hashtag, just normal Instagram search in order to authentically engage with people interested in women in tech, right? But with People Map, we could put the women in tech hashtag. Like one problem we have with searching the women in tech hashtag in normal Instagram is we get a bunch of bots or a bunch of people who are trying to like market BS. And so as a community... I don't get paid a lot to do this. This is my own thing. If anything, I'm in the red a lot of the time, you know? So we have to spend hours extra on our like volunteer time to go through bots and bullshit just to authentically find the right people to support and celebrate. With People Map, we could type in women in tech, figure out like, I love it when I find somebody passionate about women in tech with like 500 followers. I don't care about your following. I just care. Are you real? Are you human? Do you really care? And so like people map empowers us to save time to find like quality people to engage with so that we could better support them. Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. When you ask, like, who's your audience? Originally, of course, I thought it was going to be agencies or brands, but it's kind of incredible. It's it's a split, 25, 25, 25, like 25% of the people are just people. Some people have an idea of what they want to do, but they kind of don't. Like some people are just like, I just need to learn and I need to figure it out. Then 25% are like brands. The other 25% are um, agencies it's really not a lot. And then the other 25% are these things called communities. They're just like cohorts of people. I would almost consider women in tech as a community. A community. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just like, they're, they know that this is the way that they can grassroots grow. And as opposed to like knocking on doors, going to a thousand events, you can literally just, you know, network and attend the biggest conference ever. Totally. And to be really, really transparent and not like hold anything back. At one point you said that like, and it's really cheap. But for me, actually, my perspective or is the word perspective, right? My perception, I think perception is the better word, was that it was expensive because I, oh. I'm an in, I'm an indie creator. So mm-hmm. I was like, it, it, you guys, it's like, well, I won't say because I don't know what you're going to do with the price. But for me, it felt, should I, can I say? Is it? Yeah, can I say it's it? 20 bucks a month. So, Oh, well, for me, it's 40 because, oh, because I have, have another, three accounts. Yeah. I have three accounts. Right, so right. it's 20 bucks a month for one account, but I have three accounts. And by the way, the sooner you sign this, again, this is not a commercial. It's just matter of fact, the sooner you sign up, the better because people map can't acquire the data until you sign up. So you can't like backlog to see like how you were performing before you ever signed up for it. It has to be like once you sign up, then it starts collecting that data. And so I have three accounts. So for me, it's 40 a month. And when I didn't understand its content, context in my life. I was like, I don't know. This is like one of the more expensive tools I pay for. Like I still am on the $29 a month plan for Basecamp because I've been a customer so long. So for me, I'm like, it was in the more expensive ones. Right. And I was like, this must be something for agencies. So for you to say on the show, like, 
that agency tools are like 1500, 2000 until you just said that I had no idea. So, and now, by the way, now that I'm beginning to understand the value, like not even the value, the power it has like crazy, crazy power. I'm like, Oh, 40 bucks is a no brainer. But until I understood that power. (laughs) Then I'm like, why am I paying 40 bucks to like see some numbers on Instagram? (laughs) That's a good, no, thank you. That is good feedback because that's just something that I know in my little bubble of understanding what tools are out there. And it's kind of incredible too, because most of those businesses, you won't see the price on their pricing page because they're, you need to talk to a salesperson, get a demo. They're going to customize the price for you based on whatever they sum up about your business. That is very interesting. I should definitely add that because. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love it. I, uh, you guys can tell like, and, and Puno, I want to get into your story and I want to get into what you talked about before, because I think it's really important, but I just, I really deeply with so much conviction feel that everyone listening right now should genuinely, if you're trying to do anything with Instagram, like, and even if you're just trying to, you don't have an, ins- well, no, I think you need to have an, ins- or you yeah. don't, do you need no. to have one? No, you don't need to have one. No. no, because you could also just use it to know who to connect with. But I think it's much better if you at least have one account. Like it's just, it is a powerful, awesome tool to form meaningful connection in the right way, like in a very marketing, big business thinking way, but done in a very authentic manner when used correctly. It's just great. It's really great. So I recommend everybody like go sign like, like 20 bucks is not a lot. So if you just have like one account, just go sign up for your one Instagram account. Even if you're not looking to grow your own Instagram, sign up to be able to like even for one month to see, just see what I'm talking about, to see how to get deeper insights on your network and your community around you. Like it's just powerful. It is really, really powerful. Dang, says the person who doesn't want to be a social media expert. (laughs) Hey, listen, I don't deny having like a core like affinity for business tools. Actually, that's my... I'm creating a TikTok right now. I just partnered with TikTok. Yay, me. Oh, snap. I love that. It's crazy. And so they asked, what do you want your content to be? I've never created I still have not. Well, I created a TikTok last night and deleted it. So I have not officially created the first one. (laughs) (laughs) So like I have yet to create my like very first TikTok, but my at Esprit Devora TikTok is going to be all about productivity tools. And, you know, even doing this, I'm like, oh my God, I should talk about people map. One of the first ones. So oh I just, my God. I love productivity tools. I feel like too, what is great about tools is especially nowadays because they're becoming so much more broad and the functionality is becoming more flexible. So really what you're probably going to be talking about more is systems and workflows. And that's the key that a lot of people are missing when they log in and they start their trial. They're like, shoot, I don't get this. And they, exactly. get, and they get mad at the UI and they get mad. And I totally get it. Like, of course, we should be better as software developers to make it easier. But sometimes it's like, okay, I have to teach you about digital marketing right now. I have to teach you about like how to do PR. Like that's sometimes you need to learn that first. And that would be really rad to see on TikTok. I wonder what was the moment that 
something clicked for me. I, th- I was in People Map. I remember one of the You're, first features. The magic moment? <laughs> yeah. I think one of the first features that I discovered, and this is when I discovered that, like, I think this is helpful. to. This isn't a commercial. I think everybody building right now needs to hear this kind of, like, user experience. 100%. So, One of the first features that I noticed was I had a sponsored campaign with a brand. And whenever I work with a brand, I really deeply care about the brands that I work with. Like I'm a very passionate partner. And unfortunately, I had signed up for PeopleMap or discovered PeopleMap like after I'd already started working with a brand, like toward the end of the campaign. And so I just threw it in like last second into this like random page that I was testing out on PeopleMap. I was like, oh, what's this do? And then I saw that it could track the brand hashtag. Like if I created like a custom hashtag, you pretty much just save thousands of hours. And like you could create a whole influencer campaign and like see how it's performing. I was like, man, if I had known about this, I would have signed up ages ago because I had to manually create all of these things like for the brand and also to in order to like give them value and see what's performing well. And so that was one of the first ones. And that's when I realized, okay, like I want to make sure I I should have signed up right away. And like even I'm just going to say your business partner, because in this situation, that's what he is. Like he said, Hey, if you want to save money, because at this point I wasn't convinced on the 40 bucks, he's like, you could just do like one account instead of all three. I was like, ah, no, I'll I'll test it for one more month, you know? So I'm so glad I did that because then I was like, Oh, if I took an account away, I can't acquire data anymore. And then at some point I was like searching, I think I was like showing one of our teammates something. And I was like, what's this do? And then I looked at it and I was like, Oh, and it was the reporting feature. It was like where you get stats stats on the person's profile. The thing I talked about earlier, I knew that there was a reporting thing because I knew you could click on something, but I didn't like get it, you know, like I didn't play. And so like when I saw like the power of how to like You guys, you could see who the most active commenter is on someone's profile and how many follows they have. So just how influential they are. You could also see the percentage of engagement that each profile has. So you could see like whose audience is most interacted with them. And you're able to break down things like, all right, if someone has like point three engagement, that's like really low because there's some people with like 5% or 6% or something like that. So like, let's look out for the fives. That's an indicator that they have a really high quality fan base. And if you want to take this to another, I'm just going off now. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like hijacking your story. No, dude, I'm writing all this down because I'm all like, we need to fix that. <laughs> let's say for the women in tech podcast, I'm just going to be really like open and vulnerable. Yeah. So this is what I'm thinking, like as a strategy that I want to use people map for. So this thing comes up a lot, right, in podcasting. And I want to start podcasting like support groups and stuff like this um, because so many people like want to start a podcast, but I'm really not into like people wanting to start a podcast because it's like, I want to capitalize. Like I believe in the podcast I have because of the social impact that my podcast create. And I want to empower people to empower others like that I feel that I do and that I'm really proud that I do. Right. And so How do I best do that? How do I raise my listener count so that I could continuously like help more people, right? And so I was like, wait, if I look on people map, so one thing I know from my mentor, one of my mentors is Iman Ghazi. I always butcher his last name too. And he's amazing. He's like such an authentic, high quality human being. His fan base is off 
the charts. When I featured him on the We Are LA Tech podcast, the engagement was like extraordinarily high because like of his fan base and his engagement. So that tells you it's not about how many followers you have. It's about how engaged they are. So if I use PeopleMap to find the women in tech to as part of our strategy, I'm being really open. This is a little bit scary for me to be honest. But Why? to find because it's like you know secret sauce kind of shit. You know whatever. what though? I you know I <laughs> okay. I think that I get it. I totally get it because it's like this is how I'm looking at you. You know, and people are always. But it's true though. Now I'm connecting the dots of what you're saying as a podcaster when you are interviewing people and you are putting them on your podcast, there's a two-way street here. You're giving them exposure. They're giving you exposure, right? And you're trying to figure out like, look, I don't want just someone that has 100,000 followers and only like, you know, less than 0.01% engagement. Like, why would I want to do that? And I don't mean it by like, I want more followers. It's more like, do you know how to communicate? Because to me, that is like the biggest thing is when I see we do engagement and we look at comments a lot. One of the best indicators of people who have really high engagement besides putting a sexy body up with a bikini on is that they engage. They know how to communicate with their audience. And as a podcaster, that's what you want on your freaking podcast because you want people to listen again and again. And then, yeah, cherry on top, you want exposure too. So the one thing I will say is, and this is extremely true, and most podcasters do, but I don't. I don't have like a vetting process uh, in regards to like your status. Like I don't care how many followers you have. I care and very passionately care about sharing your story. And I always share this example. I'll make it like really quick. Like the engineer in Bosnia, when I travel to Bosnia and I go to the random university there and I meet this Bosnian, you know, engineer who would never have any connection to America, but because I traveled to Bosnia and I featured her on the Women in Tech podcast, investors in San Francisco heard her story and now she has more opportunity because of a podcast, that shit blows my mind, right? And so that's why I do what I do. I So I actually don't do a lot close to nothing at all for marketing specifically. However, what I'm starting to discover is that actually hurts because how am I going to help that Bosnian engineer the most? By ha- including into my strategy some sort of like also influential things. Now you would think, well, okay, Esprit, you could have the celebrities you know or whatever. But the little known thing is a celebrity actually doesn't bring a lot more listenership. It may bring you credibility, but it doesn't bring you listenership, right? So you could pay for listenership. There's a whole bunch of things, right? I'm not going to get into like all the ins and outs. However, getting back to people map, what occurred to me is if I find qualified women in tech who have an engaged following and intentionally place at least one a month. So I'm, I create 12 episodes a month. So I'm talking about only one a month intentionally goes, and this is the part that makes me feel like, ah, I hope it's okay. I'm saying it, but intentionally seek out that woman in tech, have her on the show because not only does it support and celebrate her. And just because she has engaged following, I shouldn't like take away from her. Like, Oh no, you can't have the more spotlight on you, but it also empowers all the others to have more attention as well. Like, I think that that would be smart to the ecosystem as a whole. And so, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, but you're also not going to invite somebody who's has nothing to do and can. Oh no, no, no! I would yeah. only invite qualified people that even if they had zero followers, I'd still have them on. I think there is something very smart in relation to business strategy that I would actively research who is qualified and has a highly engaged following, not just who is qualified. And that's something that I do not do yet. I do not interview people because they are celebrities. I just happen to have celebrities on the show because I like that's what happens sometimes. But I don't prioritize celebrities. I prioritize people's stories. Like I didn't want you on the show because of any like merits that you had necessarily. Like I wanted you on your show because I think what you're building is dope. And I think your past is dope. And your passion is so obvious. And I was like, just I'm just excited to share your story. And honestly, I don't even know how many followers you have. Like I literally like don't look at that stuff like at all like I love that I have this platform to elevate people's stories but I think that me only focusing on that is actually hurting the ecosystem as a whole is what I'm trying to say I don't know if I said it well and it's scary to speak in that no. super transparent way but yeah yeah no I think I'm I'm glad you talked about this because it is a choice of what you put on your platform and even though I like numbers, obviously, I don't always like that's not it's not like a hard, fast rule for me, but it just helps sort because there's so many people on Instagram and there's so much happening on there. And like you said, even though you're doing quite a ma- like a lot of episodes per month, it's still only it's a finite number. It's like one, <laughs> like maybe, you know, like. <laughs> Right. And it's, I think that's totally fine. And I feel like using data to help you get to a decision on who is the right person is totally fine because you use it when you need to and you use it when you don't. Like if you're like, you know what, anecdotally, qualitatively, this person is going to be great, then that's when you do that. As a few suggestions, I mean, I would definitely look at like a few conferences, magazines, analyze them and then see who they've, who they've tagged. Because there's the, the most tagged thing there. I would really definitely check out competitor or um, like-minded conventions or conferences and check out those hashtags and right, then right, right. sort them by like um, sort them by like a hundred minimum or something like that, just so you can see other guests. Because I feel like, and even if you look at other podcasts that aren't even in tech, right, but maybe they're women focused or something like that might be a really good way to find someone. If you, you know, followed men in tech, let's just say you could analyze that, analyze their hashtags, and I'm sure there are women following them. Oh, totally. No, it's great. It makes me think I should be following like This Week in Startups with Jason Kalkanis and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. I hope this has helped like all of you like sharing this side of things. I know this is a unique conversation from the ones that we normally have. And now we'll get into the heart of it. Maybe we'll make this a two-parter. Puno, why don't we do that? Let's make this a two-parter. Like we have part one is this like deep dive into like social media perspective. And then like part two will be like your story and, and about like your creative life. Like, I think that's what we'll do. Sure. Where can people reach out to you to say hello? Puno Dostres, P-U-N-O-D-O-S-T-R-E-S on Instagram. Yeah. This has been part one of the Women in Tech podcast. 
definitely look out for part two coming out in a couple days to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world. Remember, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com takes you straight there. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Puno. I'm the founder of I Love Creatives, which is a place to get edutained and the co-founder of peoplemap.co, an Instagram marketing tool where you can grow strategically and build community. I'm based in Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Damn Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind and her book is insanely well written right when I picked it up I didn't want to put it down she teaches me and us how to become the asset how to be our best selves and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves but creates an abundance of opportunity for others I'm so proud to share her book with you and I hope you'll pick it up and I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned get it's about damn time at itsaboutdamntime.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.